You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome into the next episode of the Chris and Joe Show. I am Joe DeLeon, joined by Chris Flum. Here on the Big Blue View Radio Network, we are following up, like we said, with talking about the defensive best available free agents that the Giants should be targeting in free agency. The legal tampering period will be opening up next week, and we're going to have a lot of great audio content for you once we know when these signings occur and who will be a New York Giant. But still, we're a week away, a little bit less than a week. Plenty of time for us to speculate, and who does not love some fun speculation? We're going to run through a a list of edge rushers, linebackers, and one defensive back that you need to know about, and also the Giants would be smart to pick them up and sign them. First player that we want to hit on is specific to his circumstances, the reason why we're talking about him first. That is linebacker Christian Kirksey from the Cleveland Browns. And the reason why he is at the top of the list is because he was recently cut by the Browns, meaning he can be signed at any point. He could be signed tomorrow even if the Giants chose to go out and sign him. He made our list because he is a very good linebacker. He's a talented guy. Has had injury issues, only played in two games in 2019, only played in seven in 2018. But if you get his best year like it was in 2016, he had 148 tackles. The 27-year-old has been in the league for six years. Talented linebacker, does come at some risk. That might make him a little bit on the cheaper side. Yeah, that is really something to consider when looking ahead at you know what kind of contract he might get he's played nine games in the last two years that is a definite risk that any team is going to have to take on however when he's healthy he's good yeah he's athletic he's explosive he can be a tackling machine but the health is definitely a question on the flip side of that because he was released before the start of the new league year If the Giants were to sign him, he would not count against their future compensatory pick calculations. So if the Giants want to try to keep rolling over and getting extra comp picks like the Baltimore Ravens love to do, that could weigh in their decision. There's certainly a lot of upside with the situation of if they choose to sign Kirksey, it would certainly be pending a physical and to check on if all of his medicals are in line because of that injury history. But if you get a fully healthy Christian Kirksey, sign him to a three to a four year deal that will lead into his early thirties. That would be a very viable option. 
He could go pretty quick or he could end up staying along on the market for a long period of time, depending on how things move with these other linebackers. We're going to talk about them at the end of the show because there are some very pressing needs and some huge names that you need to know. The first one is probably the most obvious, most talked about player, also in terms of the fact that he has made it clear he wants to be a New York Giant in saying that the Giants are on his short list of teams. That is edge rusher Jadavion Clowney, the first uh, former first overall pick back a few years ago. He is projected by Spotrack to earn about $20 million per year. That would be a six-year, $120 million contract. A ton of money to pay a defensive player, but that kind of coin is certainly worth it for an elite pass rusher. He's 27 years old. Uh, He's been in the league for four years. You'd get him up until about the age of 33. In 2019, his stats are a little bit questionable. Three sacks, seven tackles for loss in 13 games. His best year, he had nine and a half sacks in 2017 and then nine sacks in 2018. Similar to Kirksey, he has some injury issues in the past, but has been relatively healthy over the past few years. If you do come and get a healthy Jadavion Clowney, he might not rack up immense production, but you're still getting a guy that has high success in pass rush situations and is going to generate you pressures regardless. Yeah, and that is what Clowney is really best at. He had, despite his really incredible athleticism, and I think I think people still show that one hit against Michigan in the bowl game, but. He has never really been a great pass rusher, but because he is so explosive, he's so long, so big, so strong, he is able to disrupt in the offensive backfield. He is able to pressure the quarterback, and that does have an effect. You know, you mentioned his best year was nine and a half sacks back in 2017 with the Houston Texans. I believe uh, Wade Phillips was coordinating their defense that year, but you know that is definitely a different style of defense from what the Seahawks play. The Seahawks rarely have guys at posting up, you know, big sack numbers. Their style their style of hybrid defense is different from pretty much everyone else in the league and it's it's very sound, but it doesn't really produce gaudy numbers. The Texans defense is much more predicated on attacking, generating pressure and generating big plays, especially with the front seven. So the question really is, is is Clowney the kind of impact player where you're going to pay 22, maybe even as, as high as 22 or $23 million a year over the next five or six years, which from what we're seeing and hearing is what is going to take to secure his services. The one thing you pointed out that's very key to acknowledge is that he was playing in a defense that typically does not generate a lot of sacks for pass rushers, but rather thrives off of creating pressure for quarterbacks. So I don't really see too much concern in that three sack number in 13 games because I know he has the talent to hit home. And I know if you put Jadeveon Clowney on the edge with the defensive line that is already in place, and if you end up having to bring back Leonard Williams because Dave Gettleman is so intent on doing so, it's just another added piece to the interior mix. 
that good of a defensive line will draw a lot of attention away from Clowney or vice versa. It will give a lot of attention to Clowney and then draw attention away from some of these interior guys and let them tee off. Our next edge rusher is going to be a lot cheaper and somebody that needs to be paid close attention to because of what he's expected to make. He is only expected to make $7.3 million. That guy is Vic Beasley, edge rusher from the Atlanta Falcons, who was clearly indicated that he would not be re-signing with the Falcons. So that $7.3 million number is his projected range. Uh, that would be about a three-year $22 million deal, deal, and that is a pretty good price tag to be getting for, for a guy that once had 15 and a half sacks in a season in 2016. This past year, he had eight sacks in 16 games and eight tackles for loss. A bit of a drop-off in production, but understandably, he was, the defense he was playing with was missing a lot of key guys due to injury, and there has been a significant drop-off in the level of talent and overall success from that Falcons defense. So the 28-year-old is a bit of a mixed bag in terms of what you're getting, but you can get him at a much cheaper price compared to all the other edge rushers on this list. Yeah, and one of the really consistent criticisms, concerns that, that I've seen with regards to the Falcons' defense, especially come draft time, is their lack of talent at the defensive tackle position. You know, Every year, it seems, I see the Falcons' draft Twitter just crying out for a first-round defensive tackle or at least a high second-round defensive tackle. Well, that's one thing the Giants have a lot of is defensive tackle talent, even without Leonard Williams. So perhaps if the Giants are able able to push the pocket up the middle, that will that would create opportunities for Vic, for Vic Beasley and perhaps the Giants could buy low on him and get really good production maybe not 15 and a half sacks but at least eight to ten sacks for a relatively affordable contract maybe even a third of what they would pay Clowney and you could sign Vic Beasley to more of a prove it type deal maybe he only wants to sign for one to two years just because he wants to prove that he's worth this top tier pass rusher money he just needed a better situation I think that the Giants situation that, like you just discussed, I'm not at all worried about signing a guy that doesn't have the production to back it up. As long as he's shown he can be productive in at least one of his years in the league because the Giants have such a good interior front with their defensive tackles. This last year, we saw that interior group create pressure but lack the home run ability to get home, get that sack, and completely finish. They, they did not have that because Marcus Golden was good, but not at the uh, top quality level that you want in your in your premier pass rusher. So this last guy who the Giants could be signing that could find himself being a nice fit, that is edge rusher Dante Fowler Jr. from the Los Angeles Rams. Another guy that had an injury issue very early on in his career with the Jacksonville Jaguars. He is projected to make $14.8 million. That would be a four-year deal for $59 million in total. So still cheaper than Jadavion Clowney. If they can't swing Clowney, then he could be the next best guy on this list. 
Very, very young. He's only 25 years old and four years into the league. So he's experienced, but still extremely young for a, a pass rusher. In 2019, he was the most productive guy on this list. 16 games, 11 and a half sacks, and 16 tackles for loss. That was with a very good defensive line unit featuring Aaron Donald. So you could get a pretty much lateral transition if you bring him to New York with all of the the heads along that defensive line. He could have a very similar stat production. Yeah, I I wouldn't go so far as to com- compare any of them to Aaron Donald, but <laughs> yes, yeah, I, I knew that was coming. <laughs> but I'll get someone tweeting oh, at me uh, uh, definitely <laughs> right now. We are just recording this. hasn't been edited, hasn't been posted yet. We are being tweeted at, but <laughs> but yeah, a Fowler could be kind of that Goldilocks option for the Giants. You know, Clowney might that might be a little bit too rich, or maybe a lot too rich for them. Vic Beasley maybe not enough proven production. You know, very affordable co- contract. Maybe if they decide to go for a uh, quantity ver a, a quantity strategy with their free agent class but Fowler just shy of 15 million that's that's a lot but that's not ridiculous if you're getting a guy who's coming off his best season and really hitting his stride hitting his prime and if he could have a similar effect with a good defensive interior like the Giants have again none of them are Aaron Donald but they're not bad either so maybe this could be a really good situation for him and maybe the value could be right for both parties certainly could be a nice fit for both teams like we said and like like we alluded to early on if you can't swing Jadavion Clowney maybe you don't like Vic Beasley Dante Fowler Jr. might be that really good option depending on who they value the best um in 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 that particular um order um we have a, a nice list of guys that we're going to wrap things up with. Three more names to know, but before we get to them, we're going to take a very short commercial break. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Only defensive back we have on this list is cornerback Byron Jones, another name that we continuously are hearing that is a possible New New York Giant coming from the Dallas Cowboys. They're so distracted with trying to sign Dak Prescott and Amari Cooper. They could possibly swing Byron Jones. His projected value is five years, $14.1 million. But there are some murmurs pushing that he could very well be the highest paid defensive back in NFL history depending on how many teams are are vying for him to come and be their top corner. He's 27 years old, five-year vet in the league, and in 2019, 46 tackles. Um, He had six passes defended and one forced fumble. Yeah, and I think the number that really stands out there is the one you didn't say. 
he had no interceptions in 2019. Aaron Jones is a big, long, incredibly athletic cornerback, but he just does not get his hands on the football to take it away. He can get his hands on the football. He's got 43 passes defensed over you know his five years in Dallas. Granted, most of them came in two years, one of them one of which was as a, as a free safety. So that's something else to pay attention to. He does have that positional versatility, but only two interceptions. And he hasn't had an inter- interception since 2017. So that is something to keep in mind because the best way to stop a modern offense is to take the ball away. There are too many offenses in this league where if you keep giving them chances, they will find a way to beat you. They will find a way to gash your defense. And if you can take the ball away from them, that is pretty much the most reliable way to stop them. Not even a sack is a reliable drive stopper anymore. So that's something that also has to be taken into consideration because the Giants had all of 10 interceptions last year. So that is something they really do need to try to improve on, both in coaching all of their young DBs to get their hands on the ball, take the ball away, but also any DBs they bring in through free agency, through the draft, they have to be able to come up with takeaways. Takeaways are definitely a necessity, and also having some type of veteran presence would be extremely nice for filling out that secondary, somebody who can lead this young group that just needs a little bit of extra coaching to help them reach that next step to become even better. Last two players we have would be the focal points of the defense as linebackers in the middle. First player, Corey Littleton from the LA Rams. Also a young guy, 26 years old. He has been in the league for four years. His projected salary is four years, earning $12.2 million per year. So I do have to say, when we had Dan on, I made a mistake in projecting what his market value is. I misread the number. I said $3 million. That was what he was previously making. So that $12 million annually number is much more realistic. He'll probably be one of the higher paid linebackers in this year's free agency group. In 2019, he had 134 tackles, six tackles for loss, three and a half sacks, two forced fumbles, and nine passes defended to go along with two interceptions. So he is all over the place making plays for that defense for the Rams. He could fit nicely behind an already dominant defensive line that takes up a ton of attention. Yeah, that that 12.2 is kind of a lot for an inside linebacker. That's actually more than Alec Ogletree was making. However, Littleton is worth it. Ogletree was never really... He was never really the type of player who should have gotten the contract that the Rams gave him. Littleton, he makes tackles, but he's not a passive tackler. Like you said, he is all over the field. You know, you can tell he's got he's got those the sack production, he's got the passes defense production, he's got interceptions, he's got tackles for a loss. He is the type of guy, the type of inside linebacker you can feel good about cracking open the checkbook for. He would certainly be worth the money being the highest paid linebacker in this free agency class. And understandably, the Giants are clearly in a desperate situation to fix that linebacker spot. They recently cut two linebackers over the past couple weeks, Alec Ogletree and Kareem Martin. So they need to bring somebody in. You can't guarantee that you're going to have a guy on the board to draft. You don't know what the free agent options are going to be 
come post-draft time. So someone does need to be signed. If you can get Littleton, spend the money and get the best available player. If not, there's a guy that is a bit underrated and isn't really talked about a ton, but still could come in and step in and play and have an impact. That is linebacker Joe Schobert. There was no listed market value for him, but if you're just going off of the fact that Corey Littleton is projected to make 12.2 annually, I would anticipate him to probably make around 8 to 10 just based on the fact that he's not as highly sought after. 26 years old, four years in the league, in 16 games, he had 133 tackles, seven tackles for loss, and nine passes defense. So he could be a nice backup option if Corey Littleton uh, signs with another team. Yeah, they're actually really similar in production. And they're both kind of similar game as athletic, smart, off-ball linebackers. I would, with Kirksey being cut, I would almost be surprised to see uh Schilbert hit the open market but if he does he is a guy the Giants definitely should be in in contact with pursuing because they have just a glaring hole in the middle of their defense that they need to fill yeah I know there are people out there saying well what about Ryan Connolly I'm not sure the Giants should feel comfortable leaving the middle of their defense the captaincy of their defense to a guy who will basically still be a rookie who yes was impressive in preseason he was impressive in about a game and a half of regular season but that was still only preseason and a game and a half in the regular season and he's coming off a pretty significant knee injury if he if it turns out he is a really good starting linebacker great i don't know of any team that has ever said wow we've got too many good linebackers yeah, I, I don't know of any team that has ever said, wow, we have too many good players at any position. I wish we didn't have so many good players. So I think both Schobert and Littleton are the Giants should absolutely pursue both of them. If they wind up being outside of the Giants price range, if the Giants want to be maybe a little bit fiscally responsible, we don't think they should be. We think they should spend. But if they do want to try to restrain themselves and keep rolling over compensatory picks fine but they should at least look at these guys they should at least make inquiries they should talk to the representation and do their due diligence and i'm certainly a firm believer in having as much available talent as possible if you maybe exceed the amount of guys that you really need the, to be starter level well it's better to have a good problem than the bad problem of not having enough guys that can go out there and compete at a top level. So if you bring in two guys, Ryan Connolly doesn't play as much, you still can find him a way to work in and and still develop. He's young. He'd be younger than any of the guys that they'd sign and bring in. And also, I would fully endorse maybe even drafting someone as well. Linebackers and having a lot of talented ones is very important to have, as well as having a ton of really talented defensive backs. It's becoming more and more of a necessity for your defense to become uh, elite. To wrap up today's show like we did for the offensive ones, we're going to pitch our bold prediction for the defensive side of free agency. Chris, what is your big, bold prediction? My prediction is that the New York Giants will make Byron Jones the highest paid cornerback in the NFL. Yeah, I know I just 
got done saying they need to really address their lack of interceptions, their lack of takeaways. However, they need to get their secondary button down first. They just hemorrhaged big plays last year, and they need that veteran presence, and they need an a, and they need a defensive back, especially a cornerback who has the athleticism to match up with the big, strong, long, athletic receivers in the NFL. And especially looking at the upcoming draft, there's going to be a bunch more coming in real soon. So having a guy who is an athletic freak like Byron Jones would definitely help their defense. Also, back when Dave Gettleman was the the Giants vice president of pro personnel, I believe I got the job title right there, back before he became the general manager of the Carolina Panthers, the Giants signed Chris Canty from the Dallas Cowboys, and then they signed Martellus Bennett from the Dallas Cowboys. The Giants like, at least then, they liked to try to take free agents away from other teams in the NFC East. They liked they like to take talent away from the Cowboys, which is a great strategy, at least in my opinion. It's right out of Sun Tzu's The Art of War. You know, enrich yourself by taking away from your enemy, taking your enemy's supplies. So if Dallas is going to let Byron Jones walk, if they are going to devote their money to re-signing Dak Prescott and Amari Cooper, which are things they really should do, then the Giants should benefit from that. I fully agree with that take on Byron Jones becoming one of the highest paid, if not the highest paid defensive back during free agency and the Giants will sign him. But I'm going to take that a step further. I think that this offseason is going to make the 2016 offseason where they spent in excess of hundreds of millions of dollars in free agency to bolster their defense by signing Olivier Vernon, Janoris Jenkins, Damon Harrison, all those guys to make their defense elite overnight. That defense for one year was top 10 in the NFL, and it was extremely good because they were willing to spend that money. It fell apart pretty quickly once injuries set in, but it was still one of the better defenses in the NFL. I think that this year they're going to spend even more money and they're going to go out and sign Byron Jones and then other top-tier players. They're going to spend an incredible amount of dollars just to fix that defense and make it a, a competitive unit out there on the field. Because if you look back the last time they did this, when, when Jerry Reese was the general manager, he spent all that money because it was pretty clear he was on the hot seat. He knew that if he didn't do something quick – they weren't going to produce results and he could very well be fired. He bought himself an extra year by doing that effectively. So for Dave Gettleman, we thought he was going to get fired after this season. Well, he bought himself a little bit of extra time and you can't have a huge quick turnaround with the draft. You can bring in guys that are going to make your team better, but if he wants to have this big turnaround, he's going to need to spend a lot of money. They are going to spend a ton of, of money if, if they want to fix this thing and all signs are pointing towards them actually doing it. Yeah, and that defense that year, that was able to drag a really not good offense, a, a, a just bad offensive scheme, to an 11-5 record. The Giants swept the Cowboys that year, They who were the best team in the NFC. And basically, until injuries took over and knocked too much talent out of that defense— it looked like they were going to get past the Green Bay Packers as well in the playoffs. So 
I could absolutely see, and I absolutely agree with you, the Giants are going to spend, and they're going to spend big this year. Or they're at least going to try. <laughs> yeah, at least they will try and, and put their best foot forward and spend as much money as possible. Can't complain if they do. If they bring in the top tier free agents available and don't spend their money on lower tier guys and overpay some people, this defense could make a huge transition and step forward into becoming a very, very good unit. That is going to be it from today's show. Thank you for tuning in. As always, be sure to rate and subscribe wherever you're listening to us and also follow us on social media at Big Blue View. You can follow me at Joe DeLeon and you can follow Chris at Raptor MKII. Stick around for next week when the legal tampering period opens up and then we will be reacting and giving you as much information as possible once those signings come through. 